0: Ephesians, chapter five, four rather. Ephesians chapter four. Just this morning, <coughs> we know that God delivers. Hallelujah! Many times, this is what happens when we get saved. There's a deliverance. We're set free from sin. <coughs> Sometimes, even habits and things that are well rooted because sometimes we have a very good way of destroying our lives, and so we come to God, and God's good. We get delivered, but we have to walk in that deliverance. He does what we can't do for ourselves, amen, but when he does it, we have to walk in that deliverance, and when we do, it is then that we have dominion. And we maintain dominion in our lives as long as we walk in it. This is why you see phrases in the Bible, this is the way, walk in it. If you stay in the way and walk in it, you'll have deliverance or you'll have dominion in your lives. You know, people, you can lose dominion. Right. And... Uh, That's just every one of us, amen. That's what the devil's trying to do. That's the enemy's assault upon our lives. Obviously, our flesh does the same thing, but then he comes alongside and uh, he gets involved with that as well to get us to uh, step away from commitment and serving God and sometimes even just even living for God. Dominion, amen, is as we walk in the deliverance that God has brought to our lives, amen. I want to look at deliverance from manipulation. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, put away lying. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Bow your heads. (laughs) Put Put away lying and let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give, give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking put be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I want to look at deliverance from manipulation and just kind of start out with the context. Of this portion of scripture. Now, many times we preach on healing, and we talked. We use this portion of scripture, right? We uh, we recognize that bitterness and anger and different things can give the devil a foothold into our bodies, and so we'll pray for the sick and we'll say, you know, you know, repent of bitterness and unforgiveness and different things, and just really based upon what you're seeing right here. And uh, that truth is, you know, uh, is, you know, obvious, and we preach it. We see people healed. But, you know, when you look at the context of this scripture, it's really, uh, it's, it's a corporate experience. It's more preached to a body of believers or church setting than it is to individuals, although you can bring it into that arena, and it's no problem, amen. But he's using words, you know, he's talking about not being, well, dishonest, amen, unrighteous, or, or, you know, um, or having an intimidating nature to the language that we use in a corporate setting or in a relationship setting that the presence of the, the phrase one another kind of gives us the view of this text, that it's talking maybe more corporate, although it's not uh, a just corporate, amen, it can come down to just uh, relationships one with another, amen. And that if, we, if, if our language here is not correct, if, our, if how we live is not correct, We, you know, the deliverance that God has brought, right? He says, steal, no longer, amen. God's delivered you. You don't have to be a thief anymore. But if you continue to steal, you're going to give the devil an opportunity to take up real estate in your life and take that very thing and bring it to levels that you would never bring it to. The devil has that ability. He comes alongside to tear us down and destroy our lives, our sin and our unrighteousness and so on. So when we give him a place, uh, amen, and especially in relationships, uh, whether it's in the church or among the people of God, which is really being addressed, uh, that's what happens. And so the church gives the devil access to the, the body of Christ. Anger, wrath become those very access points for the devil. Other translations talk about a foothold or an opportunity. It's the thought of a beachhead, kind of the picture of a place in our lives or territory in our lives or territory in our relationships is open for the devil to come in and to, uh, to occupy, amen, and bring all of his maliciousness to our relationships. So, Anger is expressed by emotions. Anger is expressed by actions. Anger is expressed by words, words that we speak, amen. And a demonic presence is not just happening in your body. It can happen in this body, amen, of believers. This is why this is something that has to be addressed, amen. So this can be... Uh, in the person's own emotions, amen. And, you know, sometimes our own emotions and our own, you know, wrath, clamor, bitterness, unforgiveness, we can open up the door to the demonic into our own lives. wonder why life is not working. Because we've opened that door. God has delivered us, but you have to walk in that deliverance. Certain things that have to be put away. You'll see Paul say this time and again, you need to put these things away. You have that ability. God has broken the bond. He's broken the hold. Amen. You can live for God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you place your faith in him, and that is a deliverance. I no longer have to be the person I used to be. Amen. I mean, I might still be the person I used to be, but that's no excuse for, for how I'm living now, because Jesus has delivered me, and I have to walk in that deliverance. And so when we're looking at this, you know, obviously this can, this can be um, brought into our lives through our own emotions. But, you know, there's, this can also be brought into our lives through other people's emotions. Other people and their words and their actions and their emotions and how they affect us. This is why this is written in a context of a corporate context right of a church likely these are emotions used as a weapon if you will with the purpose of gaining influence angry words inspire fear the spirit of fear begins to dominate another life by the emotions of the person who is angry if you ever sat around if you ever sat if you ever been around somebody or some Person, uh, whether whatever that authority level they might have had, that you, that exercised um, domination over you, you you can understand what I'm talking about. That sometimes their anger, sometimes they're how they operate, Amen. They send fear into you, Amen. And you you almost have, you know it's the kind of mindset that you have to walk lightly around that person because that person's an angry person. So you got to be careful. And it's just, it really is, it's a way of control, amen. It's a way how people can get what they want. They impose their will on other people through anger. You see it in marriages. You know, you got one individual in the marriage, you know what I mean, that that whatever tactic they're using, all they're doing is they're trying to manipulate the other person. You see it even with parents and children. You know, if you got the angry parent syndrome, it's, like, it's just like they're trying to dominate the children through their anger. Not just have, being a parent that's in authority, we understand that, but anger. To, to, to literally put fear. I've lived under it with a pastor. Pastors can do that. Where they dominate people. Just how they act and their moodiness, you know what I mean? And, and how they speak, and it's like, oh, you know, here he comes, you know. I've been there. I just know what that is. Sometimes it's the larger family. You know, mothers and fathers, in-laws, other laws. You know what I'm saying? They, they exercise authority in the family. Brothers and sisters, and their anger and their moodiness or whatever, and they're controlling you. It's like, oh, well, I got to do this because my brother's is what? He's controlling your life. Your sister's going to, your mom is controlling your life. Your dad is controlling your life. I was thinking about just in, in, in Genesis when God set it all up, He said, talked about leave your mother and father and cleave to your wife. It's amazing how that doesn't always happen. <laughs> you know, it's like you get married and you bring the other family with you. It's like, <laughs> it's like whoa, draw the line. You know, when this happens many times, it's, it's more than just simply getting our way or the person getting their way. See, this is what the Bible's bringing out. What it does is it opens the door for the de- devil to have permission to have his way. And so I'm having my way because of my temper tantrums and my fits and my anger and my wrath. But devil, the Bible says at the same time, you're giving place to the devil and he's having his way in the relationship. And so people are pulled out of church or they're pulled away from church or out of ministry. No time for God. Can't you know, pursue the destiny that God has for you. Amen. That's the devil's plan. The person might be just manipulating by their own emotions, but the devil comes out and says, I'm taking this another direction. I'm taking it to the fact that I pull somebody out of church. They'll stop serving God. Have no time for God. No time for ministry. No time for anything because they're sacrificing at somebody else's altar. Altar of their their disposition, their emotions, their manipulation. A great tragedy of this is what verse 30 says. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Because another spirit is now on board and it's influencing the person of God or the people of God, amen. It's not a godly persuasion. It's not coming through a, you know, wisdom and kindness and respect and you know, godly character. You know, uh, uh, the humble application of the word of God. That's what I do. When I preach, I preach per- persuasively, not manipulating you, but trying to persuade you, amen, by the word of God. Bringing an application of his word to your life. Not dominating your lives and feeling, you know, it's, I'm telling you, it's horrible if you've ever been around it. It's like, no, let, God does that. Let God persuade you, amen. Be moved by the spirit of God, not by the spirit of domination. see, what we're talking about here is this spirit manipulates, intimidates. Really, it's witchcraft. It's witchcraft is a big part of that. One person's will is made to dominate others' lives through manipulation, emotions, words, and, and actions, and whatever, however I mean, it, you know, this doesn't have to be just words, simple things. You know, sometimes it can be crying temp- temper tantrums, you know? It's like what kids do. Kids learn that at a very young age. They, think, they find out if they can throw themselves on the floor and scream and cry, mom and dad will be like, you know. The kid, you know, I'm going to hold my breath. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. You hold your breath until you pass out. You got enough sense to breathe, and that's not my problem. Kids learn that at a very young age. They learn how to manipulate well, they learn how to go that direction. It's up to mom and da- dad to say, you're not going to do that. The silent treatment. These are all good in marriages, you know, the silent treatment. And all you're doing is you're trying to get the other person to bend to your will. Distancing, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right. So I go, here we go. We're going to go down this road now, you know. Yeah, I'm okay road, but you're not. But, you know, here we go. We're not going to talk about it, though, you know. You okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) You're waiting for the bomb to drop. You know, three days later. (laughs) I knew you weren't okay. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Like a little mouse. Okay. 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 This is the kind of things that go on. It's 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 manipulation. Manipulation. Amen. So, then you have to walk on eggshells because. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Let's consider, secondly, witchcraft. Or maybe we can even say the voodoo that you do. (laughs) 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 One of the articles says says, interest in spirituality has been booming in recent years while interest in religion plummets, especially among millennials, which we we were talking last night. I don't know what that age group is. (laughs) Depends on what website you're on. More than half of young adults in the U.S. believe astrology is a science. The psychic services industry, which includes astrology, aura reading, mediumship, tarot card reading, palmistry, metaphysical services is now worth $2 billion annually. Gosh. According to the industry analysis, um, Melissa Jane, owner of Brooklyn-based metaphysical boutique, so she has seen a major uptick in interest in occult in the past five years, especially among New Yorkers in their 20s. The store offers workshops like Witchcraft 101, <laughs> Astrology 101, and Spirit Seance. Whether it, it be spell casting, tarot cards, astrology, meditation, trances, herbalism, these traditions offer tangible ways for people to enact, to enact change in their lives, she said. For a generation that grew up in a world of big industry, environmental destruction, large and oppressive governments, and toxic social structures, all of which, this is what she's saying, seem too big to change. This can be incredibly attractive. And the issue is one man who's writing this article says the issue is control. Control. It'll always. It's always been about control. So... It's common to hear today, and you've probably heard it, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Which just, like, makes my head spin, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But, you know, the truth is we're all spiritual. We're all spiritual beings, amen. Each human being, whether they're saved or unsaved, has a soul, has the capacity to exercise a spiritual influence, amen. And often what is happening to to get the manipulation from an emotion is nothing more than a soulish influence, a spiritual, soulish influence. Amen. So when we think of witchcraft, we think of witchcraft as being demonic. And it is. But actually, it begins as a work of the flesh, It's part of every one of us. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, 19 and 20. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath or temper tantrums. So, I mean, look at the linking. Amen. These are all linked together. And you'll notice that obviously witchcraft is a work of the flesh. And so is wrath and contentions and temper tantrums. They're all all kind of written together there. Amen. And so the desire of the flesh is to um, prevent the influence of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. As I said earlier and probably said it many times, the flesh is opposed to God. It's opposed to you living for God, your flesh, your very will, amen, or that, that part of your emotions that can affect your will. Galatians five seventeen: the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, the Spirit of God, that is. It, expre- it expresses in these ways, if you will, that grieves the Holy Spirit of God that lives in you. So that's why the flesh seeks influence, not just in our lives, but it also seeks influence in other people's lives, in other relationships, in the home, in the marriage, in the church. What is it doing? It's trying to limit the work of the Holy Spirit's influence in your life. And witchcraft is a part of The flesh, whether you're doing voodoo on yourself or you're doing voodoo on someone else, amen, you allow the flesh to be unleashed. You're definitely going to lose dominion, but you're going to bring another influence. You're going to bring an inroad of the demonic. Give no place to the devil. And there's a connection between witchcraft and self-will because witchcraft is not out there somewhere in the the spiritual, metaphysical realm. It's right there in your flesh. It's in you. It's connected with your self-will. 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as idolatry, or iniquity and idolatry. Another translation says, refusing to obey is as bad as the sin of sorcery, being stubborn and doing what you want is like the sin of worshiping idols. Another translation for rebellion is as the sin of divination and self-will as, is as iniquity and idolatry. In reality, the, 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 the reality of manipulation is in the service, if you will, or worship of another god. And that other God is you. The other God is self-will. That whether you're doing your little you know voodoo on someone else to worship your self-will or on your own self, it's worship of your own will, of your own desire. Amen. It's rebellion, it is stubbornness, is an issue of your flesh. Amen. And so what happens many times is we then try to make others worship that same idol as well. See, this is the sin that the angels fell from, right? That Working within this desire to control and to impose self-will is the pride, amen, that's in every one of us. The very pride that was in the devil. Uh, Convince you and I, uh, you know, amen, that you know, what we're doing is correct. What we're doing is right. That this is the best option. And again, like I said, the devil comes alongside to empower that. He comes alongside to convince you. And all he's trying to do is what he's always trying to do, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. To separate you from God, to separate you from God's people, to separate you from righteousness, separate you from truth. However you want to look at it, that's what he's after. He doesn't care about your little relationship. He doesn't even care about the little games we're playing. He's got a higher game as to pull us away from God. Barry Perra, you probably don't know him, and that's probably good. He's a modern witch. He writes in Vogue magazine. So you can cancel your subscription. (laughs) Satanism is about individuality at its very core. It's about subversion and rebellion, about being bold and daring enough to be original and to walk to the beat of your own drum. Just good old-fashioned self-will, stubbornness. That's the whole idea behind Satanism, amen. Because when we're operating in that realm, we give the devil an opportunity, amen. We give him place in our lives to wreak havoc. Let's consider the deliverance. Whew, we got to get to that. We're all doomed. <laughs> Paul, in our text, is not talking about denying emotions because we're emotional creatures. That that's not going to happen. Okay. It, it's just not going to happen. You know that. If if, if you if you. If you've got issues in the emotional realm, you know that it's like, it's who I am. It's part of me. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about controlling our emotions. In other words, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Amen. This is an issue of exercising emotional control. In other words, you know, emotions kick off, but then I, I draw the line on emotions. You ever, get, you ever get real upset and then just Stop. It's like a whirlwind comes out. Like, okay. And you just kind of draw a line. It's like, you know what? This is not going to go good if I let this out of the box any longer. Did I get angry? Yeah, I got angry. Driving's always my funnest. It's horrible. I don't know. I just can't seem to get. I just come to the conclusion, I just, if, if it's going to get out of the box, I've got to stop it before it gets down the trail too far. It's like, stop. You just murdered the guy in front of you. <laughs> because he didn't put on a turn signal? Is that logical? No, it's not logical. And so you, the anger gets out, and then you got, stop. Don't kill him. Let him live another day. We have emotions that are linked to the hormone that presses for fight or flight. We have to deal with these in the appropriate manner. amen. We can't feed them with an undisciplined mind. You can't give your emotions opportunity to get out of control. Amen. You've got to give them opportunity to get under control, to calm down. Amen. So it's not emotions out of control that we're addressing here. It's emotions seeking control. That's what he's talking about. You're, you need to seek control of your emotions. Amen. You know, the intimidating, sometimes, you know, use of anger to gain control. You know, sometimes people are not even aware of it. This is why you, sometimes you preach on these things because you got to bring it to an awareness, sometimes people are not even aware amen it. I it's just it's like it's part of you here's a man he relays this he says he did a violent act in front of his little girl he said he just lost it but he had never abused his children so this is the way it works out let me play it out for you not too much but on my camera and so this guy gets he he's 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 ticked off he's mad And he just loses it. And all of a sudden, he gets to the point where it could, you know, he could step over that line to maybe abuse or hit his children. he draws a line. But I've never abused my children. Oh, no, but they see you acting like a maniac all their lives. And then you wonder why your children are just like you. But the point is, is that if you can draw the line here, then you can draw the line here. That's what that is. Well, you just, oh, you know, I'm Irish, I got red hair. I, you, know, all, you hear, you hear people, you know, my dad was, okay, I understand all the dynamics, you know, change your haircut. I don't know. It's like, but what I'm saying is if you can draw the line there, you can draw the line here. Amen. So all this violence and losing it. You can eliminate that by simply drawing the line here. Well, I got mad. Draw the line here. Draw it there. You can draw it anywhere you want to draw it. Depends on whenever you want to just simply say, you know what? Enough is enough. God has delivered me. I need to walk in that deliverance. Because there is a deliverance That is through and in Jesus Christ. Amen. You have to, first of all, repent of stubbornness, rebellious self-will. It's got to come right down to that. Amen. You've got to bring your will to the cross. And at the cross, you find victory over self-will. What did Jesus say? Not my will, but yours be done. Where did he draw the line? He could have drew it over there. Well, you know, they ticked me off. Well, yeah, they ticked me off. Every time read it, it ticks you off, you know? It's like, yeah, didn't tick him off. He didn't draw the line over there. He drew it right here. Not my will, but yours be done. And because he did that, we can have the same victory by the blood of Jesus over our self-will. He's made it possible, amen, that we can now draw the line there Instead of the line being anywhere, wherever we're done having our little fit of rage or whatever, we can draw it here. It helps that the Holy Spirit then can work in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that produces the submitted heart to Jesus Christ. It's not like some people are are better at submitting than others. Oh, no none of us are good at submitting amen we need a supernatural intervention of something that says you know what I bow my knee to Jesus Christ I submit to his lordship the spirit and allow the spirit of God to produce the nice in me because there ain't no nice there you know, well I'm just not a nice person neither am I <laughs> come, on. come on stop patting yourself on the back Let God produce the nice in you. He can. He can. Produce the nice, produce the love, the kindness, the humility, the self-control. This is the blessing upon having a relationship with God. That's the blessing of salvation, the blessing of deliverance. Give the Spirit of God his rightful place of influence in your life, in your relationship, in your home, in your marriage, in the church. The flesh sets its desire against the spirit, Galatians 5:17, and the spirit against the flesh. We, always, we look at it one side, but the other side is true. The spirit is also against the flesh. Amen. He fights the flesh's domination in our inner lives. He's at work in you and I fighting the very thing that tries to control and dominate our lives, our self-will, our, that witchcraft, that little voodoo we do on our own little heads. But more than this, there's a deliverance for those who have then also been dominated by the manipula- manipulation of others, the witchcraft that comes from other people's lives. Because God's not given us the spirit of fear or intimidation, amen. Amen. We can take dominion over that spirit of fear and intimidation and rise up, amen. The blood of Jesus breaks that spirit over our lives and the power of that spirit. Spirit will supernaturally, if you allow him, put graces into our own lives. Ephesians chapter 4, 29, 32, as we read, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to its hearer. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, these are the things that resist the devil and allow the Holy Spirit to shape, or I should say maybe even reshape to some degree, our relationships, our encounters. Don't let the sun go down. Amen. On your wrath. In closing, in the book, Deliverance to Dominion, this is from Joe Campbell and John Gooding, that book. He said, Dominion Dominion is when you frame your world by faith in God when you order your life in the word of God, when you walk in obedience to God by faith, it's pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. How you think when you experience failure or disappointment in life determines dominion. Dominion is established by choices and is what you were created to possess as a free moral agent with choice. See, every one of us can have dominion by the choices we make. You see, the deliverance happens at the cross. At the cross, he breaks that connection with this is just who I am. He breaks the connection with you don't understand. He breaks the connection with all these things and says, no, you can be a child of God. You can be set free. You can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have dominion now. Just by salvation, just by the blood of Jesus, you can be a totally transformed individual and continue to be transformed as long as you walk in that deliverance. That's dominion. That's dominion by the power of God. And that's what we are called to have, dominion in our lives. Not just things popping off, you know. Like, ah, ah, ah. What are you, nuts? That's, that's unsaved. That's crazy. That's crazy. We have dominion by the power of God. That's why we are not like we used to be because of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. Broke the power. If you walk in it, you have dominion. Deliverance over manipulation. Let's bow our heads this morning. So our heads are bowed this morning.